What is going on, guys? Welcome to the Fantasy Roundtable Podcast with your host, Matthew Bruni. You can hit me up at SportsFanaticMB on Twitter. All right, what's going on, guys? It is Friday, September 28th. It's Matt. I'm back at it again. Sorry for the late night podcasting. Had a little softball game, little injury to the ankle, so uh, delayed my my return in the uh, Friday previews, Thursday night breakdown. Uh, starting that off tonight. And I mean, how about that Thursday night game? Holy crap. I I was not expecting that. Hopefully anybody who listened to my Thursday night breakdown did not listen to me and started Jared Goff because I did say I didn't think he'd have a good game and uh he proved me wrong. I mean he 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 pretty much told me exactly what he thought about my opinion on what he was gonna do this game. I'm stupid, you're smart. I was wrong, you were right. You're the best, I'm the worst. Uh you're very good looking, I'm not attractive. All right, as long as you're willing to admit that. And I am. I, I was completely wrong on Jared Goff, obviously. Dude had a tremendous game, balling out. And I really do think it's time uh, to start changing the narrative on him. I mean, literally just what, what we talk about maybe 18 months ago, there was talk about him being a bust as the number one overall pick. And Sean McVay has come in and completely changed this guy's career. And it helps, obviously, having one of the best running backs in the league and three just great wide receivers. I mean, they've all been playing really good, obviously. Cooper Cup balled out last night as well. I mean, 162 yards and two touchdowns. That uh, that second touchdown catch in the back of the end zone, I mean, just Jared Goff dropping that on a dime. It was nice. Robert Woods and Brandon Cooks both came through as well here. I mean... Obviously, Todd Gurley as well, who caught a receiving touchdown, had a very good day in the air, on the ground. 83 yards rushing, 73 yards receiving, obviously, and the touchdown, getting you 23 points uh, in most leagues. I, I base all of my stuff off uh, half-point PPR, just so everybody knows if my scoring is a little bit different than yours. But uh, So, you know, just just a great game all around for this Rams offense and the Vikings. I, I did say in the podcast Friday, or Thursday that I thought the Vikings were going to win it and that it was going to be a close game. Uh, it was a close game. Obviously, Kirk... Uh, losing the ball there at the end with the Vikings giving uh, getting a chance to tie it kind of sucked. I would have loved to see the Vikings maybe tie that up and see where it went from there. But obviously, Kirk bounced back big time after last week putting up over thirty points. I mean, it didn't. I mean, he, again, flinging it thirty six of fifty for four hundred twenty two yards and the three touchdowns added twenty eight rushing yards. I mean, dude was just balling out, and this is exactly what we were hoping for from Kirk Cousins when he when he went to Minnesota you know he he's never had this kind of team around him Uh, unfortunately this offensive line is hurting if he had a great offensive line I mean I can't imagine how good this team would be they kept pace with probably the best team in the NFC East some might argue the best team in the NFL Uh, so to see that was just just awesome Uh, obviously Adam Thielen came through again with over 20 points. Dude was just balling out 135 yards and a nice touchdown. Uh, You know, again, I've said, for me, Adam Thielen's the guy here just because he's going to get the receptions. Again, in this game, six receptions compared to the... The 11 that Stephon Diggs got in this game, but it was that, that was actually more than what Thielen got, obviously. Uh, this is the first game that he's out, uh, got more targets than Adam Thielen, which was very interesting to see. He also came through, but didn't get the touchdown here, 123 yards in the air. Uh, Kyle Rudolph, you know, had himself a decent day here, not not anything to, to sneeze at, but, you know, eight points from a tight end, still decent. 57 yards, obviously no touchdowns or anything. Uh, The disappointment here on the Minnesota side obviously came from Dalvin Cook, who unfortunately before the game, I think it was probably about 15 minutes before the game started, it was reported that he would be kind of on a a pitch count or a snap count. Uh, Just, I mean, had a horrible game here. Didn't do anything. It was just, you know, 10 carries, 20 yards, not involved in the passing game, didn't score. 
Now, obviously, that's leading everybody to think it has something to still do with the hamstring injury. It might be, but man, this they really need to get this offensive uh, running game going here. I think that it's going to help Kirk Cousins and these wide receivers even more if there's a threat of the run game. If they don't have that... You know, eventually some of these defenses with really good secondaries are for the most part going to be able to shut down the Vikings. Uh, and while I don't think Buffalo has a great secondary, I mean, they showed it when they came into Minnesota last week and beat them. You know, if you can't get this running game going and established with Dalvin Cook, it's going to suck not just for Dalvin Cook owners all year, but I do think in the end it's going to end up hurting Kirk Cousins and these wide receivers. But again, all in all, just a great fantasy game last night, great NFL game last night, and looks to be probably a, a NFC preview of in the playoffs, possibly an NFC championship preview game right there. And I, I mean I can't wait to see it. It's these these two teams are gonna be legit all year long all year long and interesting to see, especially with Minnesota being at one, two and one and, and in my opinion easily the second best team in the NFC, maybe third. Uh, but definitely the Rams sitting at number one. So with that being done, the Thursday night breakdown. Um, gonna jump in, do some do some uh, breaking news for today, and then obviously we will preview all of the Sunday day slate and the Sunday night game. Uh, we'll do Monday night on Monday's podcast as usual, and then that will be it. I'll still do my uh. Cover four at the end as well. Give you some four bold predictions for the weekend. Uh, didn't too do didn't do too good last week on it. Uh, gave you guys six. Went two for six last week. That's all right. We're we're gonna bounce back this week. Uh, probably give you just four, maybe even six. I've got a couple written down. May just say screw it again and go with all six of them. And my plan is to go six and zero oh this week. Get myself over five hundred. So with all that being said, though, let's go ahead and get into the breaking news. So really not a lot going on here uh, news-wise in the NFL. Just some uh, interesting stories including uh, Jerry Jones comparing the Cowboys and Rams offense. Uh, while a lot of people think that that was uh, crazy for him to say, I actually don't think it's that uh, different. Uh, they obviously need to get the wide receivers more involved here in Cole Beasley and Michael Gallup. And I do think that they can be just as explosive as that Rams offense. I think they have the better offensive line, though the Rams have the better quarterback. I don't think, I think Zeke and Gurley are a push, just in my opinion. I mean, realistically, if they can get this offense going, getting more uh, balls thrown deep, Michael Gallup, Cole Beasley involved here. I think that they could be a very explosive offense. Again, I know that the offensive line injuries have hurt them some this year. Dak does seem to struggle to throw the ball deep, and I do think that he is one of the bigger issues going on right now for the team. But a lot of people are pointing, obviously, to that offensive line as well, not giving him time to throw the ball. Uh, you know, Cole Beasley did come out earlier today and say that the wide receivers are getting open. They're just not getting the ball. So whether that's more on Dak or the uh, offensive line, I think we still need some time to see. I don't think this offensive line is playing poorly, but they're clearly not what they were even last year. I would say more two years ago when this offense was really humming and going along. So we'll see. I, I still I don't want to quit on Dak just yet. I don't uh I don't think he's a bad quarterback. I just don't think he is what he was his rookie year. I think that's kinda of, all the circumstances came together perfectly. I do think they need that kind of alpha dog on the outside. Uh, I think Michael Gallup can become that. I just don't think that he's there yet. Uh, so they need someone, you know, again, I, I really really thought that they were going to trade for Josh Gordon uh, to be able to give up just a fifth-round pick and get a guy who I think could completely transform that offense if he can stay on the field. We've seen Jerry Jones take risks on players before, and guys who've beaten women and, and all that other stuff. So a guy who's struggling with drugs, they even had that as well. Uh, so to, to see that not happen was kind of surprising to me because I really thought he could have transformed this offense. Uh, uh, the Falcons running back Devonta Freeman is out again. Uh, that was reported. Uh, head coach Doug Quinn came out and said that. So that's just good news for Tevin Coleman again. I had him up pretty high in my ranks because I just kind of assumed Devonta Freeman would be out again. Uh, hopefully he has himself a good game here. His Bengals defense is good though, so we'll get more into that on the game breakdowns. And then Doug Baldwin is uh, coming back. He will be playing this week, and again, we'll get into that on the breakdowns. And other than that, guys, that's really it for the news. So other than 
Man, yeah, there's really nothing. So we will go ahead and just jump right into the Sunday breakdowns for the week. Alright, so the first game we are going to start with is the New York Jets at Jacksonville Jaguars. New York Jets at 1-2, Jacksonville at 2-1. Jacksonville obviously heavily favored here. So starting with the New York Jets side on their injury report. Nothing really big here. Buster Screen is questionable. So is Doug Middleton and Marcus May. Marcus May and Doug Middleton being the safeties. Buster Screen being one of their better corners. Uh, I... I don't think that means much for the Jaguars' passing offense. Really, that's all going to depend on how good Blake Bortles is uh, because, really, if he's having a good game, this offense could be humming. If he's showing going to be you know, Mr. Inaccurate QB like he was last week against Tennessee, then these wide receivers don't stand a chance anyways. Uh, so nothing much on the injury report. For, for the Jets' offense here, I, I'm not seeing much against this defense. The Jags defense is missing DJ Hayden, the cornerback, uh, but he is usually the slot cornerback, so I think that actually is good news for Quincy and Nunwa, who has been great out of the slot the past couple weeks, even though, uh, realistically, especially in that Browns game, and I'm going to be honest, I, I didn't get to see a lot of the games before that, except for the Detroit game. Uh, he seems to be getting a lot of his work in, in screen passes, but for fantasy, that doesn't matter because you're getting catches and you're getting numbers. Uh, and so with DJ Hayden being out, who is a good cornerback and usually covers in that slot role, the backup cornerback will be in there. I think Quincy Anuma could have himself a big game again here as Darnold loves to target him. Uh, not big on Darnold this week. Obviously, I'm just against this this defensive line and linebackers and secondary for the Jaguars. Again, they're, in my opinion, probably the best defense in the AFC. Uh, and again, Isaiah Crowell, I'm not expecting much out of either. I would think this is probably going to be more of a Bilal Powell game. Uh, they'll use him to kind of help protect Sam Darnold and then break out after the fact and probably try and get some catches and everything. So for me, other than Anunua and Powell, I would not trust Darnold. If you're in a super flex, you know, obviously if you've got him, you're throwing him in there because that QB, those points are going to help you out. But yeah, for me, I, I wouldn't play Darnold. Uh would steer clear from Crowell. Leaned heavily on Anunua and Bilal Powell. For Jacksonville's side here, uh, Leonard Fournette is still questionable. I mean, I would think he's got to play this week. He's been held out long enough. I could be wrong. Uh, if he doesn't go, obviously, TJ Yeldon and Corey Grant here are, are going to continue to do what they do. Though, honestly, I'm, I'm not sure if I really trust either one of them. This Jets defense has been pretty good. Uh, for the start of the season, I would probably lean Yeldon over Corey Grant some, but Corey Grant with the receiving work he's getting, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he if he outproduced him. It's really kind of hard to say with these two. I really expected a lot of things from TJ Yeldon with Fournette being out. Obviously, if Fournette plays, I would immediately throw him into your lineup. As long as he's healthy, Fournette's going to be a top 12 guy, in my opinion, uh, and they're going to ride him heavily. Wide receiver-wise here, um, for me, it's really just Keelan Cole and D.D. Westbrook. Uh, Keelan Cole is the leading receiver on the team right now. And again, I think if if Blake Bortles is going to have himself a good game, if he's going to be accurate, those two are going to be the guys that uh, get the most work. Uh, you know, I, I would steer clear from Austin Safarian Jenkins unless you just need a, a tight end who has touchdown upside because he will be targeted in the red zone. And then Blake Bortles, I have him down in the middle tier, kind of lowered to, to 20s of quarterback just because I'm not, I don't know if, if I can expect good Blake or bad Blake to show up. If good Blake's there, you know, he's going to get you the rushing yards, get you the touchdowns. If bad Blake shows up, you may only get like 10 points from the dude. So I expect him to have a decent game here. Uh, I don't expect uh, the Jets to put up that much of a fight on offense with uh, Sam Darnold out there making, I would imagine, probably a few rookie mistakes against this loaded defense. So for the Jags, like I said, Blake Bortles if you have to, TJ Yeldon if you have to. Because uh, I really don't trust those two. And then I'd throw up Keelan Cole and Westbrook probably as uh, wide receiver twos are in your flex spots. And then Austin Safarian Jenkins I would just avoid unless you just want the upside possible touchdown play. And then for the, the game, I have the Jaguars coming away with the win. The next game, a, a game I'm really actually excited to watch. The 3-0 and Dolphins at the 1-2 and New England Patriots. So for the Dolphins side here... 
Um, Ryan Tannehill has been balling out. Uh, I think he's going to continue that this week. Bill Belichick has kind of had his number in the past, so no, I wouldn't even say I'm I'm 50-50 on it. I still think Tannehill's going to have a good game. I don't expect him to be as good as he was last week, Uh, but I mean, right now, he's already 687 yards, seven touchdowns, two interceptions. I mean, he's having a great year. He it looks like he's completely locked back in in this offense with Adam Gase like he was before the injury. So I expect him to just continue playing good all season long unless he gets hurt, which obviously I hope does not happen because it's it's been really great to see Ryan Tannehill kind of come back here. Uh, so I expect him to have a good game. For the running backs here, Kenyon Drake. So last year, Kenyon Drake just destroyed this New England defense. Uh, back in week, um, I don't even remember what it was. I think it was like week 14. He had 114 yards, 79 receiving yards. Uh, didn't get a touchdown, but still was used all over the place in that game. They had him lining up on the outside, going up against linebackers. I mean, the dude was just legit. And they just don't seem to be using him that way this year. So for me, it's hard to trust him. If you've got him, I think you've got to play him. You've likely drafted him as your RB2 in redrafts. Uh, so I think you've just got to throw him out there and hope that they get back to using him. But this this split between him and Frank Gore, in my opinion, has just become extremely frustrating and annoying. Uh, so Kenyon Drake, though, you got him. You got to throw him out there. For the wide receivers, I mean, I, for me, it's just Kenny Stills. That's the only guy I would trust. Uh, Devontae Parker is likely going to play this week. That uh, he is questionable at the moment. I, I would imagine he's going to play. Jakeem Grant has been making some pretty big plays as well as Albert Wilson. I just can't trust them, uh, so I would not be throwing him out there. And obviously, Danny Amendola as well. You know, Dan, he he might get some here and there, but for me, he hasn't proven anything with Miami, so I can't trust him either until he shows shows me something in this offense. And then at tight end for the Dolphins, so A.J. Derby is out, so this should be the first time we get a really good look at Mike Gusecki for a full game at a tight end for this offense. Again, physical freak, uh, got a lot of talk and tout after the combine when he put up just ridiculous numbers for a tight end. Really interested to see what he does uh, in this game against the Patriots. Had an amazing one-handed catch in the in the preseason uh, so definitely interested to see what he does here. For the Patriots side of things, uh, really, they've got a couple guys questionable. Patrick Chung, Eric Rowe, and Trey Flowers, Josh Gordon. Josh Gordon being the big name here because we're all wanting to see what he's going to do in this offense again. Since he got traded there, he's probably the best wide receiver Tom Brady has had on that team since Randy Moss. Uh, I just think... With his skill, talent, and what Tom Brady has proven, Gordon could easily be a top 12 wide receiver, but he's got to get on the field. He's still supposedly dealing with this hamstring issue. I would assume there's a very unlikely chance we see him this week. I mean, I would not throw him in your lineup unless you're just absolutely desperate or if it comes out sometime Sunday that he is going to play. Uh, other than him on the wide receiver core, there's nobody here I'm trusting. Uh, I mean, this is the last game before we get Julian Edelman back, and I'm plugging him in my lineup literally the minute he comes back off that suspension because I think he's just going to come in and eat in this offense because he's really the only guy that Brady can trust. I'm not trusting Hogan, and I can't trust Philip Dorsett. I know it's against the Miami Dolphins, but their secondary is legit. Uh, Rashad Jones is questionable for them, but he is expected to play. Other than him, though, you have got Minka Fitzpatrick, the rookie who is usually playing in the slot uh, against most teams. And that's just, I mean, he he showed why he was a first-round pick. He's been playing magnificent there. Uh, You know, so I I can't trust anybody coming out right now for New England side of things. Um, Other than them, though... You've still got Jason McCourty out there. Oh, I'm sorry, that's the Patriots. Uh, Zavian Howard was the guy that I was going to say. You know, with Zavian Howard, Rashad Jones, they just, and Minka Fitzpatrick, they're, they're great. They're a great secondary. So I expect Tom Brady to be able to put some numbers up against them, probably dink and dunk into Gronk. Uh, with with him possibly getting up against linebackers, would like to see if Minka Fitzpatrick gets lined up on Gronk, uh, what he is able to do. 
But really, so for the receiving side on New England, it's just Gronk. And unless Gordon plays, and even then I would be hesitant to put Gordon in. At running back here, it's going to be Sony Michelle. So Rex Burkhead, who was put on IR earlier this week, it is the Sony Michelle show now. James White will obviously still get work. If you've got him, you're playing him in your in your RB2 or flex spot because he's going to get those, those PPR points and those uh, catches. No doubt. Uh, I, I I plug in James White and sleep like a baby. But uh, Sony Michelle here, really interested to see what he does as kind of the his first full game as the guy. You know, he's not going to have Rex coming in and stealing any carries from him. I highly doubt James White comes in and steals any carries from him. So Sony Michelle, if you've got him, I would go ahead and plug him in. This defensive line for the Dolphins is not that good. They do have some decent linebackers. Um, but if Michelle's able to get anything going, hopefully we'll see that uh, kind of skill in those bursts that he showed in college at Georgia. So for me, I'm throwing him in there. And I have the uh, New England Patriots losing this game, actually, and the Dolphins going to 4-0. and All right, next up. We got the uh, two and one Eagles at the two and one Tennessee Titans. So for the Eagles side of things here, uh, really the only guy who's been ruled out is Darren Sproles, uh, the running back. Uh, JHI is expected to play, according to Coach Doug Peterson. Corey Clement and Alshon Jeffrey are both questionable. Uh, there has been talk that Alshon Jeffrey is going to play this week. I would not trust him. I, I just I need to see him come out and play. Uh, I think he's still kind of dealing with this injury issue, and I could honestly see him coming out and being kind of a decoy uh, against this uh, Titans secondary, which is very, fairly decent. Uh, Carson Wentz here, he, he didn't look great last week, and of course that is him. He's still kind of trying to get back in the groove of things coming back from that ACL and PCL injury. Uh, so for me, I probably wouldn't trust him. If you've got a better option, I would play him over Wentz. I'd give him at least one to two more weeks before I would fully trust to Wentz probably being back to almost 100%. Wide receiver-wise here, it, I mean, realistically for me, it's just Nelson Aguilar. I can't trust Jordan Matthews. I can't trust, you know, I can't, I, I really just can't trust Shelton Gibson, Kamar Aiken. It's all. It's Nelson Aguilar all day long for me. Other than him... I don't trust J.H.I. up against this defense. I know that they say he's back and healthy. Um, I would like to see what Corey Corey Clement can do here. Um, But realistically, for this running back core, I think I'm steering clear of everybody. You know, I don't know. I need to see more of how they're going to use Clement and Wendell Smallwood paired together with J.H.I. Uh, so I would just avoid all of them together. I think J.H.I. has the best chance to score out of all of them because I think he'll get the work down at the goal line. Uh, but in between the 20s, man, I just I, I don't see how they're going to use these three backs. And until I see it, I'm not using them. On Tennessee's side of things here, uh, so Marcus Mariota is back. He'll be starting, but he's still dealing with the elbow issue because Blink Gabbert is questionable with a concussion. Uh, he's really the only guy on the injury report that matters for fantasy-wise. Uh, these wide receivers, man, it's just, oh my goodness, I, I I don't even know what to do with them. Obviously, Rashard Matthews is likely not going to be there anymore. He hasn't been released yet that I know of, uh, but he is asking for his release. You've got, never mind, Rashard Matthews was released. I, I don't know what I was thinking. We talked about that yesterday. So, for me, though, Corey Davis really is the only wide receiver here. I think that you can even trust playing, and I don't even expect him to be that good against this loaded Philadelphia defense. Other than him, just, I mean, you cannot trust Darius Jennings, Tajay Sharp, Taewon Taylor. Maybe if you're in a deep league, you want an upside play because he can make stuff happen after the catch, but I wouldn't trust that. So for me, it's just Corey Davis. Running back-wise here, I mean, this team is just complete skank everywhere. I wouldn't trust Derrick Henry, and I love Deion Lewis coming into this year. I felt like if he was healthy, he could easily be one of those guys who is being drafted later in rounds, you know, third, fourth round is like an RB2 who could jump up and finish close to an RB1. They're just not getting him the ball. I'm hoping with Marcus Mariota being back, uh, because in that very first game, Lewis went off with Marcus Mariota because Mariota trusted to throw the ball down to him. He got a lot more carries, especially when they started doing that hurry-up offense. And I just think Deion Lewis is the overall better running back over Derrick Henry. Hopefully with Marcus Mariota being back and dealing with the elbow issue, Deion Lewis is going to get more work here. 
I don't see him having a good game, though, against this loaded Philadelphia Eagles defense. But if you've got him and you don't have a better option, you've just got to start him and hope for the best. Uh, But hopefully this is the week that they really start to lean on Deion Lewis more over Derrick Henry because I just just don't think Derrick Henry is that good. Uh, So for Titans side of things here again, I wouldn't trust Mariota if you have to, Davis and Deion Lewis. Other than that, I would completely avoid this offense altogether because after all the the hype and hope coming into this season that this offense would be good, I mean, they just look like complete skank at the moment. So for the next game, we will be jumping into the 0-3 Houston Texans at the 1-2 Indianapolis Colts. So for the Texans side of things here, Deshaun Watson obviously has been struggling so far this season, but if you've got him, unless you've got someone who's going to be better than him, you know, Patrick Mahomes, Matt Ryan, well, can't have Kirk Cousins unless you you played him Thursday night. You know, the Kirk Cousins of the world, you're playing Deshaun Watson. Should have a decent game here. This Indianapolis defense has been much better than I expected it to be, though. Uh, But I, I would still think you've got to throw Watson out there. He has been struggling, but... We're we're gonna ride him. I don't think he's you know, let's not let's not call his career a bust already just because he hasn't looked like he did last year. Let's give him some time. We're only four weeks. This is only week four. So we'll go with uh we'll go with Watson this week. Lamar Miller has not looked good at all. I, I would just completely avoid him unless necessary. Uh just not doing anything on the ground. He's really bringing all of his fantasy value in the receiving game. I do think he could have a good game again this week in the receiving game uh we've got um for the wide receivers here i mean bruce ellington was put on the ir deandre hopkins is questionable for this game uh with a thumb injury uh, i don't think it's going to hold him back much and i think if you've got him you're starting him he was the first round pick you know unless he's ruled out he's got to be in your lineup and then will fuller as well uh, again he's shown that connection with with Deshaun Watson, their best friends. Okay, name your favorite dinosaur. Velociraptor. All right. If you were a chick, who's the one guy you would sleep with? John Samos. What? Did we just become best friends? Yep. Other than those two, though, at the wide receiver core, I don't think you can trust anybody else. You know, Kiki Cote has not done anything. Neither has Sammy Coates. And I don't think you can trust any of these tight ends either. Uh, for Indianapolis side of things here, Andrew Luck, you know, he came out earlier this week and said he can make all the throws in regards to the Jacoby Brissett thing coming in and uh, doing the Hail Mary throw at the end of the game last week. And I think if you've got Luck, you're starting him. Uh, you know, chances are you drafted him as your as your QB1 uh, I, I can't imagine you have anybody better. Uh, I do think you'll have a decent day here. Uh, don't think that this defense is, you know, great. Uh, probably more middle of the pack, or actually, they're probably horrible. More, I'm. Oh man, I, I hate saying that because I, I love JJ Watt and those guys. But that that defensive front is good, but their linebackers and I think their secondary are just not that good. So I, I expect Luck to have a decent game here. Uh, for the running backs, Marlon Mack is questionable again with a hamstring. Obviously, Robert Turbin uh, suspended, so it's going to be Jordan Wilkins and Naheem Hines again. And they also brought up off of their practice squad, uh, Jeremy McNichols. So all those uh, Jeremy McNichols truthers are probably excited about that. I don't see him being uh, a big big guy here. I think he's more of just kind of like a fill-in guy to help out because Jordan Wilkins uh, was struggling a little bit last week. Uh, but I expect him and Naheem Hines to be the guys. I would not start either one of them or Jeremy McNichols uh, for them. I think right now you've got to completely avoid this, this rushing attack for the Colts. Wide receiver side here. Uh, I mean, for me, really, it's just T.Y. Hilton. Uh, he has... Not he's had a good game and then a couple mediocre games. I do think the fact that Luck is not throwing it deep is hurting him a little bit here. Uh, but I would expect him to have a good game again. I'm not impressed by this uh, the secondary that the Texans have. I think T. Y. Hilton could easily eat here, have himself a good game, and then obviously Eric Ebron, uh, Jack Doyle hasn't been ruled out just yet. 
Actually, he has been ruled out. Man, I need to do a better job of looking at my notes. I, I write horribly, and I cannot read. So with him being out, though, Eric Ebron, as I've said before, they have him playing most of the time almost as like a slot-wide receiver. Uh, so for me, I think if you've got him, you're playing him. Hopefully he doesn't have as many drops as he did last week or the drop touchdown. And then I actually have the Colts winning this game and sending the Houston Texans to 0-4, which is just crazy considering the hype coming in around them and honestly could end up being the end of Bill O'Brien there as I do think there is talks about him possibly being fired. All right, next up we've got the 1-2 and two Buffalo Bills going up against the 1-1 one, one and the 1 Green Bay Packers. So, for the Buffalo Bills side of things here, uh, LaShawn McCoy and Marcus Murphy at running back are both questionable. So is Charles Clay at tight end. Uh, McCoy, though, is expected to play. Said he was going to come out and play. I wouldn't trust it. Uh, I do think he'll come out and play. But with that injury to the ribs, all it realistically takes is one big hit to his ribs. I understand if you want to trust him and throw him out there, you probably drafted him as an RB2. I know his stock had kind of fallen in the draft due to the uh, the abuse allegations. So, if you don't have anybody else you can throw in at your RB2 or flex spot, go ahead and plug him in there. But I can honestly see him playing for like a quarter, taking a big hit, and then being knocked out of the game. Uh, Chris Ivory, I think, could fill in for him and do a good job just like he did last week, even though most of his work came receiving-wise. He still had a good game altogether, but it's going to be hard to start Ivory with Noah McCoy's going out there and starting because McCoy could maybe not take any kind of hit at all and play the whole game. So... If you're feeling lucky, throw Ivory in there. If not, just plug in McCoy and hope he stays healthy for the rest of the, for the whole game. Wide receiver wise here, I, I mean, I'd probably have a chance to be a starting wide receiver for the Buffalo Bills. You know, other, I mean, I wouldn't trust any of these guys. Zay Jones, I think, has got the most upside. So if you got to throw a guy in there, it's going to be Zay Jones. But otherwise, I'd steer clear. Uh, Josh Allen is really interesting to me here. Dude plays with like a reckless abandon, and I love it. Uh, you know, I think he honestly has the best uh, skill set out of all the quarterbacks who came out last year. He can run. He has by far the most powerful arm. His biggest problem is his accuracy. If he could put that up, you know, to like anywhere from 60 to 65% accuracy, I'm telling you, this dude could be a legit quarterback. Uh, definitely interested to see what he does against this Packers defense. Uh, hopefully... With the way that he plays with, like I said, that reckless abandon, he doesn't end up getting himself hurt. Uh, but definitely uh, an interesting upside play maybe at quarterback if, if you're struggling or if you had, like, for instance, Cam Newton, Alex Smith were on a bye this week uh, and there was nobody else to get off your waiver wire. Could be an interesting play to get you some decent points. Uh, for the Packers side here, Aaron Rodgers, uh, I mean, if you've got him, you're playing him, but he's just not looked good. That MCL injury is is a legit injury for him. It's really hurting him moving around. Uh, running backs here, I, I would just steer clear all three of them. I've said before I think Aaron Jones is the best of them, and I do think by next week he's going to have the full kind of workload of this backfield. But, you know, Coach McCarthy has come out and said he's trusting Jamal Williams. He's going with Ty Montgomery uh, because those guys have been there and they've showed it. They've put in the work, uh, but they're just not as good as Aaron Jones. So until they do something to kind of break away from this three-headed backfield, I wouldn't trust any of them. Uh, for wide receiver, I mean, Devontae Adams is, is a must for me. You've got to have him in your lineup. And then, uh, I mean, Geronimo Allison, maybe, if you're feeling lucky. I think that play last week was kind of luck. It looked like a breakdown in the defensive coverage and why he was able to get that long touchdown. I don't see that happening again against this Bills team. Again, with Sean McDermott calling the defensive plays now, uh, they've actually looked much better on defense. I think this is actually going to be a closer game. Uh, than people think. I don't think Green Bay is going to blow Buffalo out at all. Uh, I do. I am projecting Green Bay to win this game, uh, which should be good news for Aaron Rodgers and Adams. Uh, I do expect them to put up some decent points. And then Jimmy Graham, uh, you know, if you've got him, throw him in there, uh, but I'm not expecting much out of him. And then again, like I said, I, I do have the Packers winning this game. Next up, we've got the 1-2 Detroit Lions going up against the 1-2 Dallas Cowboys. So for the Lions side of things here, I mean, I think you're really starting this entire offense. Uh, with the caveat, though, that this Dallas defense is very good. They're very underrated. Nobody is talking about how good they are. But realistically, they've been in all of their games so far this season, and it's been because 
of what Dallas ha- their defense has done. Uh, you know, the offense has been struggling. We all know that. We've talked about that. But, I mean, just look at this. 24-13 loss to Seattle, the 20-13 win to the Giants, and then the 16-8 loss to Carolina. That's one score for each of those. I mean, the Seattle game was 10 points. But, you know, New York Giants held them to 13 points. Carolina's 16. All they were was a touchdown, two-point conversion away from tying that game. So defense for Dallas has been legit, and that does worry me a little bit about this Lions offense. Uh, But Matt Stafford, I think, is going to have himself a good day here. Golden Tate, I would trust. Uh, Wouldn't really trust Marvin Jones in this game, actually. Uh, I would say the same for Kenny Galladay, except he's just been balling out so much, and Matt Stafford has been going to him so often. I can't imagine they're going to shy away from him, and and he's just been so good. Uh, He's so competitive on the line. You see him getting upset uh, when he's getting beat. He's trying to blow by guys. He's doing everything he can to win every matchup, score touchdowns. I'm loving the way Kenny Galladay is playing. So if you've got him, I'd throw him in there again as your wide receiver two or flex spot. Uh, And then running back-wise, carry on Johnson. Uh, I think he's going to finish as an RB2 this week, and I think he's an RB2 going forward. I really do think they're going to start moving away from LeGarrette Blunt and just going mainly with on Johnson because he's just been legit. Uh, I thought he looked amazing last week again. Broke the de- decade of uh, zero games as a 100-yard rusher last week against the Patriots. So carry on if you've got him. Throw him in your RB2. Throw him in your flex spot. I think he's going to be good. For Dallas' side of things here, I mean, for me, it's just Zeke. I just can't trust anybody else right now. I need to see it, and I wouldn't be surprised if this is the week. This Detroit defense, while looking good last week against the Patriots, I I am a little worried that that was because Matt Patricia knows the Patriots so well. Maybe it's a little bit of fool's gold. Uh, I do think they're going to regress a little bit back to the means of what they showed the first two weeks this week. And Dallas is going to be able to put up points on them. Uh, so if you're feeling lucky, lucky, throw out Dak and, and Cole if you want to. But for me, the only viable play here is Zeke. I just I can't put anybody else in and feel okay about it. And uh, I actually do have Detroit winning this game as well and sending Dallas to a 1-3 and three start. Next up, we have got the 2-1 Tampa Bay Buccaneers going up against the 2-1 Chicago Bears uh, in what looks to be a very interesting game. Uh, So for the Buccaneers side of things here, obviously Ryan Fitzmagic is going to be starting again. Uh, A lot of talk about if he struggles again like he did in the first half against the Steelers, will he be pulled and Jameis Winston come in? I personally don't think that will happen this week. Even if he struggles again, Jameis Winston wasn't even allowed in the building, allowed to practice or anything the past three weeks. This is his first weekend. I know Winston is a quote-unquote star in the league and a good quarterback. I just don't think he's going to be able to do everything and pick everything up right away. I think this is Fitzpatrick's job, at least for this week. We'll look at that every week going forward as kind of a week-to-week thing. For me now, though, Ryan Fitzmagic... um, but I'm not expecting him to have a good game here. Uh, I think when he gets pressured, he showed shown in his career over time that that's when he makes the bad decisions. That's what was kind of happening in that first half against Pittsburgh, and then Pittsburgh looked like they kind of laxed, and that's when Fitzpatrick was able to make the magic happen. Uh, so I don't expect that to happen in this game with as good as the Bears' defense is. Uh, I would not play Peyton Barber if I have him. I don't think he's going to be able to do much against this team. I think Mike Evans is going to get shut down in this game as well. Could see Djax breaking off another big catch. Uh, They do seem to have that connection, him and Fitzpatrick. Uh, But other than that, uh, OJ Howard at tight end, I could see having himself a good game as well. So for me, just really Deshaun Jackson and OJ Howard. I mean, if you have Fitzpatrick, maybe you could play him. I do think Chicago is going to get up, and this defense is going to help keep them in the lead, so likely Tampa Bay will have to throw to get back into it. I just would not trust them. Uh, For the Bears side of things here, I mean, Mitch Trubisky has just continued to be disappointing. Uh, I think I I was really looking into his stuff today, and and what I've noticed, and maybe I've been too hard on Mitch Trubisky, I actually think he's not a bad quarterback. He's learning a whole year. He was a very, you know, bad offense in my opinion, an old school offense under John Fox. Matt Nagy has come in. Him and Mark Helfrich has completely changed his offense around. Mitch Trubisky, who only played in thirteen games in college, 
obviously played some last year, but he just hasn't been starting for that long and doing uh, or playing quarterback, you know, at, at a starter capacity for that long against high level competition. Uh, and so I think with that being said, he still could end up being a very good or possibly elite quarterback. I think we've got to give him this year uh, to learn this offense and learn it on the fly. I think is going to be hard. Uh, so while I don't think he's going to have a great year this year, I'm not quite ready to throw him out with the bathwater just yet. Uh, but I don't think he's going to have a good game here. Jordan Howard, I think, could have a decent game here. Uh, you know, they're going to lean on him again. They've leaned on him more than Tariq Cohen. I think that's going to continue. I ex- expect him to honestly score here as well. Expect him to have a good game. Allen Robinson, man, if you've got him, just throw him in there. He's looked good since he's come back. Looked like a wide receiver one uh, for NFL-wise. More of a, like a low-end wide receiver, mid-tier wide receiver two for fantasy. Uh, if you've got him, start him. And then Taylor Gabriel as well is a guy I'm looking at here. Anthony Miller is out uh, with the dislocated shoulder. I think Taylor Gabriel could make some big plays here. You know, he was he was that guy before Anthony Miller came in there and got drafted. Uh, you know, it looked really good with Atlanta last year. So definitely throw I would throw Taylor Gabriel in as kind of like a high upside flex play this week. Uh, I also think you can uh, trust and start Trey Burton here as well. Uh, Tampa Bay, not great at the linebacking position. I do think that they could uh, definitely put up some points against them. Uh, he is kind of uses like a wide receiver, and uh, I expect him to have a good game here as well. And then I actually have the uh, Chicago Bears winning this game and going to 3-1 and one and sitting up atop the NFC division. The next game and uh, the last of the early Sunday morning games, we have got the Atlanta Falcons. I'm sorry, the Cincinnati Bengals at two and one going into the one and two Atlanta Falcons. So for the Bengals side of things, the Red Rifle he's been getting it done. Struggled last week against uh, Carolina. Do expect him to have a good game here. Uh, obviously, Joe Mixon out and Billy Price out as well. Uh, while why Billy Price matters, the center, I think that's going to struggle against this Atlanta defense while not quite as good, obviously, with guys like Ricardo Allen being on IR, you know, Keanu Neal, Deion Jones uh, at linebacker. They're still a good defense, uh, and obviously with any kind of offensive line injuries, I would be a little bit worried here. Uh, you know, but I do expect Dalton to have a good game here. If you've got him, throw him out there because he's been hot. You know, one bad week against Carolina, but I do think he'll be able to bounce back some against Atlanta. For running backs here, I mean, Gio Bernard looked decent last week. Not great, not quite what everybody was hoping, but he did come through for you in fantasy, getting you, you know, over 17 points. So, you know, still a good game, and I do expect him to have another good game here. Uh, as well against this Atlanta team because he's going to get a bulk of the catches and obviously most of, if not all, of the carries in the backfield. So if you've got him, you might as well just keep plugging him in until Joe Mixon comes back because I would imagine he's going to continue to produce much like he did last year. At wide receiver, I think for them really it's just A.J. Green and Tyler Boyd. I expect both to have good games here. Obviously Tyler Boyd has been on that hot streak the past couple weeks just completely decimating defenses. Uh, And I think he's got a pretty decent matchup here in the slot as well. Uh, which is where he lines up almost 80% of the time. So not expecting anything out of John Ross, honestly. I would love to see more out of him being a first-round pick and seeing the speed that he's got. But, you know, A.J. Green is Dalton's go-to guy, so I imagine him, he's going to get his still workload. Even though he's still kind of dealing with the uh, the groin injury, um, I expect him to be fine. You know, he was removed from the injury report, so I can't imagine any of that's going to linger. So should be good to go this week. And then obviously Tyler Boyd as well. And then Tyler Eifert, um, I would sit him this week just because I need to see it one more week if you you need him, play him. Uh, But I don't expect him to have a huge game here. If he does, I think it would be safe to move use him going forward. But Cincinnati has come out and said that they've got him on kind of a snap count, so that's what that's what worries me about him. Though I would think if they're smart, they're going to use most of his snaps in the red zone, which, you know, if he catches a couple touchdowns, he's obviously coming through for you in fantasy. On Atlanta's side of things here, obviously Matty Ice looks like he's back to what he was that second year Kyle Shanahan's offense. You're starting 
him. No question about it, unless you've got like Drew Brees, which I highly doubt you got both of them. So Matt Ryan, he's just an ultimate. Just just plug him in every week. Sleep like a baby. Don't even worry about taking him out, no matter who the matchup is. Yes, he's going to have his clunkers every once in a while, but for the most part, he's going to come through for you every week. Running back, Tevin Coleman again. Uh, Devonta Freeman is out, obviously. Not a great game last week from Coleman, though he did come through because of the touchdown. Uh, hopefully that'll happen for him again. This Bengals defense uh, is good. Uh, I would think, I, in my opinion, they're better than what Atlanta has, and they're better than what they went up against last week in New Orleans. So it does worry me a little bit about Coleman, but I mean the upside there, you've just you've got to throw him in there. He's got to be your RB two or flex. I just don't see how you can sit him unless you're just ridiculously stacked at the position. And then for wide receivers, Julio Jones is a must start, obviously, and then Calvin Ridley. So I think you've got to start him this week. I, I don't obviously think he's going to score you three touchdowns again this week and get you over 150 yards. But I do think you'll have a good game here. Again, you know, Julio Jones is going to get the better matchups, going to be doubled more often than not. And Calvin really stepped up last week. I expect that to continue happening. Uh, and then Austin Hooper at tight end. I mean, he's just an upside play. Hope that they use him in the red zone like they did a couple weeks ago and see if he gets some points. But I don't expect him to do anything unless he really scores a touchdown. And, of course, I have the Atlanta Falcons winning this game and getting back to 500 on the season. And then, well, now we're moving on into the afternoon games. All right, so for the first afternoon game, we have the 1-2 Seattle Seahawks going up against the 0-3 Arizona Cardinals. So, for the Seahawks side of things here, Russell Wilson, you got him. You're playing him. Just hope that he shows you that Wilson magic. Other than that... Chris Carson got the the bulk of the carries last week. Uh, I do think that was kind of uh, an overcorrection of of such for compared to the week before where they really didn't use him or Penny that well. Uh, and they just kind of leaned on Carson big time with 30-plus carries. He did come through. I do expect him to get a bulk of the work here over Penny again. Don't expect him to get 30 carries, though. And this Arizona defense is better than people give it credit for. Uh, so don't expect him to have a huge game wide receiver-wise. I can't start Doug Baldwin. I know he's coming back, uh, but I need to see what he is with that knee issue first before I can trust him. You know, if you guys want to throw him out there, you know, may the fantasy gods bless you and hope that he comes through for you. I just can't. Uh, realistically, I don't trust anybody on this wide receiver core. Tyler Lockett has made a couple really good big plays. Uh, don't see that happening, though, against this Arizona secondary. So for me, it's just Russell Wilson and Chris Carson, and that's it. On Arizona's side of things here, we get to see the first uh, full NFL start of rookie Josh Rosen. Really interested in seeing this uh, just because Josh Rosen, in my opinion, coming out was by far the most pro-ready quarterback. Didn't look that great last week, though a lot of people are saying that's because he was kind of thrown into the bad situation. Uh, you know, they were asking him to win the game with not much time left. He made a couple bad throws, in my opinion. I would think, you know, you just got to be ready to come in at any time, like Baker last week. But easier said than done. I am not an NFL quarterback. Never had to do that. So, interested to see how he can hand or how he handles his first start going up against a Seattle defense that's not nearly as good as it used to be. David Johnson. I mean, if you got him, you're starting him. You know, hopefully with Rosen here and the threat of him being able to throw the ball downfield where you really didn't have that in Sam Bradford will free up some rushing lanes for David Johnson. He'll be able to do some, or maybe he just gets more checkdowns with Rosen, which I'm sure David Johnson owners would love as well uh, because that's kind of where he's always put up his fantasy numbers in the past years, and he really has not gotten that this year. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald is still on the injury report. He's questionable. Um, you know, I personally would not start him or Christian Kirk. He, those would be the only two guys that I would even think about uh, until I see what they are with Rosen. If you're feeling lucky again, much like with Doug Baldwin, go ahead and throw him in there. But I'm just not trusting it until I see it. Uh, and I actually have the Arizona Cardinals and Josh Rosen getting his first win on the season and the Cardinals first win on the season and putting them at one and three. Next afternoon game, we got the San Francisco, the one and two San Francisco 49ers against the one and two Los Angeles Chargers. The San Francisco 49ers without Jimmy G, I think are going to 
be pretty much exactly what they were last year. Mediocre with only a couple fantasy guys. Obviously, C.J. Beathard, I'm not using unless you just have to. And if you have to, I would honestly could seriously quit. think about quitting fantasy because that's just plain horrible, and I feel bad for you. Uh, Rushing-wise here, Matt Breida, he's the guy. Uh, you know, I would not use Alfred Morris if you have to. Again, I'm sorry. May may the fantasy gods bless you. Uh, Matt Breed, I think, is going to get the bulk of the carries, get the receiving work. He should be good. I think he'll have a good game here, even though this Chargers defense is very good. I can trust Matt Breida. Uh, and re- receiving-wise, really, I only trust George Kittle. Uh, him and, and Beathard had a decent connection last year. Uh, he's going to be short, working in the short area. I think Beathard's going to lean on him. Other than him, though, I just don't trust any of these guys. Goodwin, Garcon, Pettis. I don't trust them with Beathard. I I can't. Uh, you know, I know this is going to sound redundant, but I need to see it. I really do. Uh, Beathard just you know is not that good of a quarterback. He did have a decent connection with Goodwin last year, so I could see someone playing him uh, and starting him because he might have himself a good game here because Beathard's got to throw the ball to somebody. Uh, but this Los Angeles Chargers defense, I think, is a good is good as a whole, one of the best in the AFC. So I I, I see the 49ers struggling pretty mightily here. Uh, for the Chargers side of things, uh, Phillip Rivers, you know, the the original gunslinger of the West. Eight touchdowns and just one interception on the season. You got to play him because he's going to keep it up. Uh, rushing was here or in the backfield. Melvin Gordon, obviously, you just got to keep using him. Uh, not only is he getting the rushes, he's getting the receiving work, which has always been paramount to his fantasy value. That is not going to change. So keep throwing him out there. Wide receiver wise, so Travis Benjamin is still questionable. He's likely not going to play. I think he's he's well. You know, you could just drop him now at this point. I don't see him doing anything in this offense. I know that he's going to be their big play threat if he comes back, but we don't even know when that'll be. So I'm not trusting it. I I dropped him earlier this week, and if I were you, I'd probably do the same thing. Uh, Keenan Allen is dealing with a tooth injury as long as well as a knee injury he is questionable I expect him to play uh not expecting him to have a huge game here though I think uh not a bad defense here for San Francisco I think that they're going to kind of key in on him which is going to lean to the Chargers to use big Mike Williams even more I think he has himself a good game here again back-to-back weeks, and I think that he will help lead the Chargers to a victory here over the 49ers. Next up, we have what I'm hoping is going to be a fantasy football frenzy in the 2-1 New Orleans Saints going up against the 1-2 New York Giants. Two teams with decent offenses. Or, well, the Saints have an elite offense. The Giants have a decent offense. And horrible defenses. So for the Saints side of things here, Drew Brees... Hasn't even thrown an interception this year, guys. Can you believe that? Not one interception. Throwing the ball over 129 times for 1,078 yards and 8 touchdowns. It's just been legit. I've got him as my quarterback one this week. Just keep rolling with him. He's going to be awesome. Uh, obviously, in the backfield, Alvin Kamara, you know, he's a must-start every week. I, there, I don't even know if we really need to talk about him. He's not doing much in the rushing game, actually. Uh, but his, well, I mean, he's got 141 yards on the on the ground, so I don't know if you want to say nothing, Matt Bruning here. But uh, he's got most of his work in the receiving game, and that's where he's putting up his points. It's going to continue. Michael freaking Thomas. I mean, are you kidding me, bro? So, I just, I just want to throw this out here to you guys to just, just show you how good this kid is. He's been targeted 40 times this season. His catches, 38. He's only missed two balls the entire season. He's at 38 catches already through four weeks he is just a man among boys he's gonna have himself a good game here again I I can realistically seeing him putting up double digit points every single week going forward I can't imagine Thomas is gonna have a bad game I don't see how the Giants are gonna slow him down you know obviously Thomas is he's you've got to play him especially with Eli Apple being out 
for the Giants. I mean, this is just going to be huge, huge for the Saints. Um, Ted Ginn, I actually think, might have a good game here. I think it's time for him to break out, probably have a long touchdown pass in this game. On the Giants side of things, so Eli Manning bounced back, had a very good game last week against a pretty horrible Houston Texans defense. I think that's going to happen again this week. While I think the Saints defense is much better than the Texans, uh, I just think that Eli's going to get it together. He's going to have himself a good game. Hopefully he can calm himself down a little more in the pocket where he's been struggling, uh, seeing those kind of ghost rushers and getting the ball, getting rid of the ball quicker than usual. Uh, in the backfield, obviously, Saquon, you're starting him. Nothing to even worry about here. He's already put up 216 yards and two touchdowns on the ground. He's been good, obviously. Flashes of brilliance, struggled at times, but that is what Barkley is, especially behind a bad offensive line in New York. Wide receiver-wise here, Odell, I think, is going to have a big game. I think this is the week he's finally going to get his touchdown. That will be in the bold predictions later. And I think Sterling Shepard as well is going to have a good game here. Evan Ingram is still questionable. I personally don't think he's going to play with that knee injury. As I talked about on Monday's podcast, uh, with that kind of injury, it hurts to cut, move, run, jump. You know, Aaron Rodgers is able to play with it because realistically he's doing he's doing some of that, but not all of it. Um, no, I'm sorry. Evan Ingram is out. He He's going to miss two to four weeks. I don't know how I missed that. Um, so we're not even worrying about him and we're not worrying about any of these tight ends. I mean, I think Jarrell Adams could be a sleeper here, but I don't expect him to have a good game. Really just expecting it from Odell and Sterling Shepard. And I actually have the, uh, I really want to pick the Giants to win this one, but, um, I've got to go with the New Orleans Saints. And then of course... The best game of the afternoon. The 1-1-1 Cleveland Browns going into the black hole in Oakland to face the 0-3 Oakland Raiders. So, we're going to start with the Oakland side of things. Derek Carr here, I don't expect him to have a good game. Uh, This Cleveland defense has just been getting after quarterbacks. Uh, I think that Derek Carr is going to struggle in this game. I don't. I just don't see the Raiders having a good game at all. Their offense has been kind of poor for the most part. Carr already with five interceptions. I would not start him. Uh, I would start Marshawn Lynch. I do think Lynch could have himself a good game here. I think if they get in the red zone, they're going to lean on him to try and put the ball into the end zone. Uh, Jared Cook I could also see as well. Even though the Browns uh, are very strong at linebacker, I think Cook can get some Decent mismatches here and put up some yards as he has in the past. Wide receiver-wise, I mean, I just... Denzel Ward, I think, is going to be on Amari Cooper. I think he's going to be able to lock him down. I would avoid Amari Cooper. I don't think Jordy Nelson is going to have himself a good game either. So I don't know who on this wide receiver core you can trust. I'm not trusting Seth Roberts. I'm not trusting to Brandon LaFell or Martavius Bryant. You know, out of all those guys, the one guy I could see having a good game is Jordy Nelson. I just don't trust it. So, for me, I would completely avoid all these guys. I know that sounds crazy. Uh, you know, probably thinking me as a Browns fan, that's some bias. Uh, I just think this defense is very good. And again, I would I would usually play Amari Cooper, but as hot and as good as Denzel Ward has been so far, I would avoid Amari Cooper. Um, now, wait, wait a minute. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? Shh. Shh. Listen, listen. So, with the Cleveland Browns, I mean, I'm super excited, obviously, to see Baker Mayfield getting his first start, baby. The Big Show! Let's go, baby! I think he's going to shred this Oakland defense like Swiss cheese. It's going to be awesome. I cannot wait for this game. Baker is going to just... I don't really think he's going to blow him out, but I think Baker's going to have himself a good game here. Uh, show everybody why he was the number one pick. He's been awesome. was great when he came in the second half of that New York Jets team. I think this is going to boost everybody up in this offense. Jarvis Landry going to have a good game. He'll be targeted uh, heavily here. I think he's going to you know, just continue to ball out like he has so far this season. I think Njoku is going to get a bump up, obviously, with Baker Mayfield as well. Uh, I really do expect him to have a great game uh, because Baker will continue to target him in the middle of the field. 
Uh, Rashard Higgins, I could see having a good game as well, being that kind of slot wide receiver. I still wish they would throw Jarvis in the slot because I think he'd be so much more explosive. But, you know, they're going to keep doing what they do. Antonio Callaway, I'm calling for it right here, guys. 100 yards and a touchdown. It's going to happen. They had a great connection in the preseason. Callaway's looked good so far. I really think he's going to come through big here. If you got him, throw him in your flex spot. Again, a little bold prediction preview. Anyway, sorry guys. I love my Cleveland Brownies. I'm super excited for this game. Carlos Hyde, I think, is going to have a good game here as well. Uh, obviously not score multiple touchdowns like he did against the Jets, but I think he's going to come through for you. And Duke Johnson, I would not play him this week, but definitely someone I'm interested in watching for this Browns offense. Uh, I think with Baker in there, he's got a better shot of putting up points because he'll get some dump-offs that he was not getting from Tyrod. Uh, and then obviously, do you even really have to ask? Of course, I've got my Brownies winning this game, going to 2 one and one and unfortunately sending the Oakland Raiders to 0 and 4 on the season. Alright, so then really that leaves us with just the last game. Sunday night football. Have a what is shaping up to be a pretty good game here. The two and one Baltimore Ravens going up against the one one and one Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh for Baltimore side of things here, I mean Joe Flecko has just been really slinging it and actually looked fairly good. Um, I expect him to have himself a pretty good game here against this really bad Pittsburgh defense, and I honestly am expecting another shootout here for the Steelers uh, in in Sunday prime time. Alex Collins, I think, could have a good game here, but I'm really thinking, uh, for me at least, I've got Javorius Allen being the better of the two backs because uh, I do expect this to be more of a passing, offensive, heavy game, and that kind of lends more toward Allen than Alex Collins. But I think if you've got both, you're starting them. Uh, Allen, more of a flex guy. Alex Collins um, likely was drafted as your WR2. Um, WR, Alex Collins plays wide receiver? No, he does not. RB2. Uh, I would definitely throw him in there. Wide receiver-wise, I think this is more of a John Brown game than a Michael Trab Creek game. I could see Crab getting himself some decent yardage, maybe a touch, but John Brown has just been explosive. He's been able to blow by guys. He... Well, it was hurt earlier in the week. Uh, is good to go. So I, for me, I've got no questions about him. I'm plugging him in my lineup. I'm expecting a big game from him. And then really nothing much at tight end for me on Baltimore. Uh, I mean, Mark Andrews has been decent. Uh, but I think Hayden Hurst, when he comes back, which could be by week six, because I believe Baltimore has a bond next week. Uh, you know, could be someone to pick up off your waiver wires. He was he targeted heavily in the preseason. Joe Flacco really likes to target his tight ends. I think he could do that with him. But don't worry about that right now. We'll worry more about that next week. We'll talk about that on Tuesday with the waivers. Um, for the Steelers. So Big Ben is usually fairly good at, at home. He is at home this week. Uh, Baltimore's defense, though, much better than many people give them credit for, though they might be missing C.J. Mosley, who is questionable, and Terrell Suggs. Uh, so if both those guys are out, I think that's really good news for James Conner. I think if he's able to get past kind of that first line right there, being able to blow by the linebackers and get into that secondary fairly quickly is good news for him. Could have himself a big day here. Obviously, if you've got him, you're starting him. And then, I mean, it, you've got to be starting Antonio Brown and the best wide receiver on their team, Juju Smith-Schuster. I mean, really, that's not even a question. Uh, I'm not expecting huge games from these guys unless it's just a complete fantasy football frenzy. And I just... I, I think it could go that way, but I am a little torn just because of how good Baltimore's defense is. I do expect Pittsburgh is eventually going to get down and have to throw the ball to get back into it. I just don't know if this defense for the Ravens is going to let them. I And yet again, I'm just being honest here. I think Juju's going to do it again. I mean, he's been doing it. He was struggling a little bit earlier this week with the injury. They've said he's fine. He's good to go. He's 100%. Um, or maybe not 100%, but he's good to go and he's going to play. Uh, I think he's going to do it again, nine straight games with 100 yards. Not sure he gets the touchdown in this one. I do think Antonio Brown probably scores again just because he's been kind of that squeaky little wheel and Ben does like to oil that little bad boy up uh, every time he starts complaining. 
so I think both are going to have good games here, but I think Juju, again, over 100 yards uh, in A, B, a good game as well here. At tight end, um, you know, I know everybody's still talking about Vance McDonald and the fact that he stole Chris Conte's soul and put him on the IR. Uh, I'm not expecting a big game from him here or Jesse James. Um, other than that, though, guys, that's it. I've got Baltimore winning this game, uh, taking a firm uh, little lead here in the division with the Cleveland Browns being second behind them. Uh, but other than that, guys, I mean, that's it. Let's go ahead and jump into my cover four. All right, for my bold prediction, starting at quarterback, uh, I'm going to jump into that Atlanta-Cincinnati game. I think both quarterbacks, again, have huge games. Matt Ryan going for over 350 and three touchdowns in the win. And Andy Dalton going for over 300 and two touchdowns. Uh, also at quarterback, jumping in that Sunday night game, I think Joe Flacco continues his hot streak going for 300 yards and two touchdowns. And then my last quarterback won Eli Manning, 272 touchdowns. Cover four bold predictions for the running backs. Tevin Coleman, 100-plus yards and a touchdown. Jordan Howard, also 100 over 120 yards and a touchdown this week. Let's go, baby. I need this from you, Howard. I need you to come through this week. You let me down last week. Uh, jumping back into the Giants here, Saquon Barkley, eight catches and 80 yards. Detroit Lions running back Carryon Johnson will get over 100 yards again this week and score. For my wide receiver bowl predictions here on my cover four, Jarvis Landry, baby, 11 catches, 100-plus yards, and a touchdown torching this Oakland Raiders defense. Sterling Shepard goes off this week with over 120 yards and a touchdown as well. As I talked about earlier with the Steelers and Ravens, Juju Smith-Schuster does it again. Over 100 yards for his ninth straight game. And last one for wide receiver Tyler Boyd. Does it again. Three weeks in a row. Over 80 yards. And another touchdown. You can book it, baby. For tight ends on my cover four, Trey Barton has himself a good game here. Scores. George Gregory Ole Kittle goes off with C.J. Beathard and scores, gets about eight catches, I would say, for probably only like 50 yards. David Njoku goes off in Baker's first start as well, gets a touchdown here in 60 yards, and then last but not least, Austin Hooper, who scores. Thanks, guys, for listening. That's my cover four for the week. Hoping to go, I think I said 6-0, and oh, but I'm going to change it up, and I'm going to do four for each position every week. Definitely keep track of that and see how bad I am all year long or how good I am. So, again, guys, thanks for listening. Sorry for getting this out so late. Hopefully you guys have a great weekend, great college games on Saturday night, great uh, Sunday games on as well. Hopefully I wish you guys all the best of luck in your fantasy matchups this week. Hopefully you guys continue to roll, continue to win, and we will talk to you guys again on Monday. Peace. Thank you again for listening to the Fantasy Roundtable podcast. Check us out on Twitter, FLA Blog on Medium, and come back tomorrow for our brand new episode. Have a great day, guys.